0: I didn't look half as good as I think I am in that fight. So I don't even really know that well how to handle it.
1: I take a note of all the things that I did before the fight. What should I have done differently? And and I try to not repeat the same mistake.
0: In the future, we could have to run that one back. Oh, Paddy, What's happening, people? We're back again. We're in the new year, 2023. Chatting Pony with Paddy the Baddy is back. And as usual, just let you know we're not on YouTube. You can stream the podcast on... Spotify and all the other websites. And also, if you haven't got any merch, yet, get over to the Apex website. It's all on there. But today, I'm joined by an absolute legend of the sport, one of the greatest of all time. So, as I always do, George, please introduce yourself. <laughs> well,
1: I, uh, well, thank you. I'm George St. Pierre, former USC champion. Now I'm, uh, I'm retired.
0: So Yeah, you're retired, but you're definitely still training. I can see a little mark on your eye there. What's happened there?
1: Yeah, I uh, I will train until the day I die my friend I think uh, I train not because I compete I train because I love it I love to I love to to be fit I love the confidence that martial art gives me the uh, you know the, the confidence of then I, when I walk in a room and if something go, goes bad I know that I can take care of business so I, li- I like that I like to to be in good shape.
0: Yeah, well, that brings us right onto your new adventure. Well, you've just made a fitness program, haven't you? You've just launched the Rush Fit to Fitness. Yeah, so can I. You tell uh, everyone about we, that, that we, sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, we did with True Connect and uh, my friend Eric Owing. We have a second program, uh, Rush Fit the 2.0, that is coming up very, very soon. The first one was a big success. I also have a base block. I have a equipment that i uh that i sell online that, that we, we start all that uh especially during covid because people couldn't train uh, in certain countries. there is different rules people couldn't go in the gym so they now they can they can bring the gym at home so this is that's why it's uh it's it's so uh, popular
0: yeah that's nice as you say during covid no one could go to gyms and stuff so like I done it myself. I built a gym in the garden. I've got a little structure with like some weights and stuff in. And as you say, you've just made it ten times easier for people to train at home with the block stuff.
1: Yes, exactly. And and uh, with the rush fit, we we help people to stay to maintain a good level of fitness, to improve their level of fitness, and we teach them how to fight. In the same time, so uh, you know, <laughs> if they if they want to learn some tricks and get in shape, it's the it's the perfect uh, thing for them.
0: Yeah, it is, you're not wrong, but first and foremost, you're known for being a two-weight UFC world champion, you know what I mean, a Hall of Famer, um, obviously, how did you get into martial arts when you were younger, that's one of the questions I always ask people when I have them on the podcast, what got you into MMA, what martial art was it before on? And-
1: well I I'm, I'm, I'm from a different generation than you uh, Patty. I, I, I when I was young yeah <laughs> the popular movie used to be like uh, blood sport uh, all the movie with arnold schwarzenegger and and the 80s you know it was the 80s era and, and and what you i remember when you you used to see in the 80s era all the alpha male sort of and in, in hollywood were all like big guys big muscular guy that used to do karate yeah. martial arts so that That really really (laughs) what turned me on into martial art and on top of it, I was bullied at school. So I start martial art as a self-defense and it became a passion over time because I was I start collecting metal. I was doing pretty well and now that's the way I earn a living, you know.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. You know what I mean? Like you went from using it as self-defense to making yourself a legend.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I always say to at, people at that at first just, it was tough. I was be- at 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 first. So I, was yeah, I ended of the and It was bad, but I realized it turns out to be a good thing because I believe in life. If you, it, what doesn't kill you, make you stronger, sort of speak, and it helped. It helped me later on yeah. in my uh, professional career.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. As you say, resilience is one of the. The biggest things that we need hearts, determination to get through things, and as you say, when you're getting like bullied at school, it drives you on to want to be able to do more, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and 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 what I like about martial art is the fact that it's a it's like life, you, you can't start and be good right away, you know. You, you have to no, <laughs> you have to learn and to go through the hard way first, you know. Like, you can't go in a for example, in a jiu gym and Go there and tapped out everybody. It's impossible. Even if you're strong and athletic, so you have to, you know, to you have to go there. You know, you sort of get get beat, being humiliated, and it, it takes yeah. take a hit on your ego. At first, it's very hard, but if you're willing to stay there and and, and take the hit and work hard, at one point later on, is gonna is gonna pay. And the same thing in life, you know, if you wanna if you wanna do something. There's nothing easy in life. So that's why I really liked it. It, 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 it taught me a great life lesson in the same time. And, and that's why I fall in love in, in, in with, with uh, martial art.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong there, anyone with an ego. like People always ask me for advice. Oh, what should I do in the gym? And I would just say, just get on the mat. As long as you're in the mat, on the mat training, listening to your coaches, you'll get far as you say, a lot of people's egos get in the way and when they get tapped, they're like, oh, I'm not not doing that anymore. And they just stop.
1: Yeah, I and uh, like you say, get on the mat. Get to the gym is probably the hardest part, you know, to, to, to get out of your comfort zone and get there. You know, once you're there, you just follow the instruction and go with the flow, but to get there sometimes, that's the hardest part. You know, once you get there, you're a little bit on autopilot so to speak, you know, so you do what you've been told to do but once once you get there now you realize, oh am I gonna get beat up today? Uh, is it gonna be hard? Oh I feel so good I mean I'm, I'm at home you know in my warm uh, home, you know now I'm gonna have to you know ride to the gym and you know like it, it's hard that's the hardest part, but get there. That's what I tell people the same thing. get there and the rest will will happen automatically
0: that's the same for me to be honest like getting out of the bed is the hardest part of the day I love just staying in bed with the (laughs) quilt over me especially when it's cold in the UK but that's the struggle you've got to get yourself out of bed motivate yourself to get out of bed and get yourself in the gym and then, as you say you're on autopilot then you just go through the motions as you're doing it but getting out of bed is definitely the hardest part George I'm with you on that 100% uh,
1: and Patty, if I can, if I may, if I can give you an advice, it's hard now because now you become more pop, more and more popular, more successful, and it's gonna get harder for you, my friend. So people say it's hard to get cha- to be cha- to become champion, but it's harder to stay champion because that feeling of warmth, that feeling of comfort, will increase. But you need to be able to mentally to cut that out. You know, to stay hungry, and your hunger needs to overcome that feeling of comfort every single day that you you don't feel like doing it but you're gonna be like man i'm gonna do it because otherwise i can fall from my from my pedestal and lose everything you know so you have to keep that in mind man i have high hopes for you
0: yeah (laughs) thank you very much i really appreciate that to be honest george i wanted to ask you a bit of advice advice for myself to be honest because Obviously, my last performance wasn't the greatest, know what I mean? This is the first podcast I've done since. My last performance wasn't the best. I didn't look half as good as I think I am in that fight. And a lot of people think I lost, know what I mean? Like, I'm seeing things online constantly. Already oh, lost. It was a robbery, this and that. And I've had to just stay away from social media because I can't, like, get involved in it. Like, a lot of people think I lost and... I don't know. I'll be honest, I don't even really know that well how to handle it. So I thought that, I'd ask you because <laughs> you've got more experience than I'll ever have.
1: Yeah, everybody, all, all the great fighter had fights that some people would say they've lost. I, I, when I fought uh, Hendrix, some people thought Hendrix beat me. Uh, uh, everybody, John Jones, Reyes, uh, even Khabib against. Um, uh, what his name um,
0: Gleason Tibau.
1: Gleason Tibau. every single guy everybody ev- uh, even the best fighter like everybody had fight that they were not so proud of everybody it happens to everybody and it's every days are different you know Paddy like some days you know, you wake up and things just doesn't go your way. You know, like, like, it, and people forget sometimes that fighting is the same thing. You know, it's not always the best fighter that wins the fight. It's the fighter that fight the best the night of the fight. And maybe that night, like, it was just not your night. You, you, you it, Things didn't go your way. Sometimes it's hard to, to find out why. But you need to... What I suggest you, it's what I did in, in my case. Like when I had some performances that I was not too proud of, I I, I take a note of all the things that I did before the fight, and now I I got ready get ready for that fight, and and I try to make an assessment of what should I done differently, and and I try to not repeat the same mistake. You know, sometimes it's hard to do. Sometimes it's just that maybe you wake up and. You know, there are some days in training, I'm, I'm I'm, no different. Some days I'm just one second too yeah. slow or, or half a second too slow. And, and you don't really know why. It's just like maybe you have a bad night of sleep. Maybe you're fighting off uh, something, a virus or something. Maybe there's something that is troubling your mind, like like emotionally. Like it, there's a lot of things that can influence your performance. But you need to make an assessment to see, try to find out what it is and do not repeat
0: that again. Yeah, that's. Thank you for the advice. I really appreciate that. Like, that was the thing. With the last camp, it was great. Like, I felt like I was brilliant going into it. My diet was on point. Everything was perfect. The only thing I can say was when I kicked him in the first round, I actually have to get surgery on March 7th. So, I've got to get surgery on my foot, but I can't mm-hmm. blame my foot on getting punched in the face a lot. So. <laughs>
1: The, the, the importance is it's about you. It's what do you think. You know, if you think you did well, you won the fight, it, it, it doesn't matter what the other people think. You cannot please it, anybody. You know, there's always some haters. There's always some people that are going to try to to do everything they can to put you down. And you cannot let that get into your head. You know what I mean? The, the, the one thing that you can do, if if you feel like you're not happy with your performance and you, you want to do it again, you call out the guy and say, hey, let's run it back again. You know what I mean? No problem, you know? So, but but maybe that was just a bad night for you, an uh, off night, and the other guy shines. That's why maybe maybe you won, but you didn't win as convincingly, convincingly as much as I thought you would. And that happened all the time, you know what I mean? It, it's That's the nature of the sport, you know what I mean? There's nothing perfect, you know? Sometimes Styles makes fight and, and it, it was just not the perfect dance partner, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, you're right. Like, I, f- I feel like he had the best performance that he's had and I didn't perform to my full potential, but... You're right, in the future, we could have to run that one back. I've seen he's already got a fight book, though. He's got a fight book with Bobby Green, but I won't be able to fight till the back end of the year anyway. I don't think after the surgery, so we'll see how it unfolds. But obviously, moving on from my least favourite fight, what is your favourite fight of your career, George? Because you would have some amazing moments, like the Brisbane fight, like the, the Condit fight, the Diaz fight, you know what I mean? Like You've got so many ones that stand out, and then you beat Matthews twice as well.
1: My, my favorite fight, I believe, is uh, my first fight uh, in Montreal, when I was uh, able to fight for the UFC in front of my family, in front of my crowd, uh, my friends in Montreal, it was against uh, my second fight with Matt Serra. And that was, for me, the loudest crowd I ever, ever seen in my life. Like, like I, I couldn't even hear Bruce Buffer when he was announcing us in the middle of the ring. It was just insane. And to be able to fight at home, it was very special for me because back then I'm from a different era. Back then, I was not respected by the the reporter, and, and even after the day after the fight, when after I beat Matzera, there was a, an an article in the newspaper of me in the front page punching Matzera, and it was it was written. The Barbarian overthrown the Montreal Canadian for the record of assistance, and because of ice hockey it's our national sport, and we beat the record of of the crowd for uh, for even hockey. So I was the Barbarian, and and those same reporter now they're the one calling me for interviews now. So it it, it a shift happened after that that night, and uh, people start respect me as a legit legitimate athlete after that but before that it was very hard for me at home i was uh i was not seen as a really like as a leg- legitimate athlete i was more like oh this is like extreme sport sort of or or, or human cockfighting but it, a big shift happened after that night and i think it, it the fact that ufc came to montreal it, it helped a lot with the the sport you know
0: so would you say that's one of the most nervous you've been being, being for the fight as well? Because it was like a homecoming and like the rematch with Sarah. Because that was another question I was going to ask you. When was like you being the most nervous, or would you say that was like the comeback versus Brisbane?
1: Yeah, it, it, it had a lot of nervousity because you're fighting at home, and normally when you fight, let's say in Vegas, you you go away. The the craziness happened in Vegas, you know. You fight, but then after you can come back home and relax now after that fight i remember i had i went after my fight i had to go to florida to relax you know what i mean i went, I went away from home <laughs> to take some vacation just to to come down you know and to party just to 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 celebrate a little bit i couldn't i couldn't couldn't do it at home because things were, was crazy here i had to let the dust uh, go down sort of speak uh, but it had a lot of a lot of pressure, no doubt about it. It was uh, I, I couldn't lose. I mean, we say that every fight we can we cannot lose, but this one I really couldn't lose. It was my revamp my rematch against Sarah, and I I was at on the at the on the edge of the cliff. I couldn't I couldn't do any mistake on this one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you're for everyone you're one of the greatest of all time you're in everyone's top three no matter what you're the greatest welterweight of all time everyone knows that what do you think about the current state of the ufc welterweight division
1: well it, it's um i watched uh last fight between uh usman and uh, usman and Le- edwards and like everybody i was surprised at the end i was like wow he, but it, it was not a lucky kick. It was well calculated. It was very no. beautiful, beautifully set up. It was set amazing. It, it was like a, a great, great setup. You know, he threw the left. The guy, he was expecting Kamaru uh, to duck for the punch and he threw the high kick. It was like a perfect, perfect uh, distraction, you know, to get the, the kick in. And um, it was very impressive the way he performed. He kept his, his uh, he kept his, uh, his focus. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't try to overcome it too much. It was just fantastic. I mean, it was a, a beautiful fight. Now they are one-one. They're gonna have a rematch in England. I might, uh, I might be in England for, uh, for this one to watch the rematch. You know, I'm a big fan of both fighters, uh, Leon Edwards and Camaro Usman. I think it's gonna be a great, a great fight. And I can't wait to see uh, what's gonna happen next.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a big night of fights in London. I can't wait for that myself. I'll be getting surgery about a week and a half before, so hopefully I'll be there with a boot on my foot. Hopefully I'll be able to see it. I'm obviously rooting for Leon, knowing i mean? fellow countryman. I hope he uh, gets that knockout once again and shocks the world. But uh, I always put on my YouTube like questions and one that I'm going to have to ask you before I even get to ask Paddy, the amount of people what wanted me to ask you about Kamzat, Like... The amount of questions that was: How would GSP deal with Kamzat? What does GSP think of Kamzat? You know what I mean? And like I saw that, many of them I just thought I'd ask you. Say, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it's um, it's easy to say when you're sitting down and, and uh, you're talking. <laughs> it's harder when you fight, you know. Um, how would I do with Kamzat? I'm I'm gonna have to make a big assessment. But normally, that's what I do before I fight someone. I I watch. All the tape, and it's not something that I've done. I've I've seen Kamzat fight. He's very very good. Um, he's got a great a great pressure style. Very aggressive. Um, uh, yeah, uh, his toughest fight was with with uh, 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 Gilbert Burns, you know, and Gilbert Burns uh, hurt him a, a few times. And, and um, if if let's say I would have to get ready to fight. In a hypothetical world against Kamzadam, we have to to ch- look at all those video of what he does well, what he doesn't do so well, what 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 is, I believe, his weaknesses. But I believe he is he, very good. He's very tall because he's very tall, and he fight tall, and he's a wrestler, which is not really common. Normally, wrestlers fight more short. Sometimes, when you fight tall, and, and you're taller than your opponent, in a striking department, because you're looking down, you're gonna have harder time to see the punch that are coming, like a looping punch, like an overhand and things like this. And when when he fought Gilbert Burns, that those are the punch that hurt hurt him.
0: Um, yeah.
1: because he, he was much taller. If you're shorter and you look hot, sometimes you will see the punch that are coming from up to down, but you're not gonna go, you're not gonna see so well the punch that are coming. From down to up, a little bit like Kamaru Usman when he got caught by Leon Edwards. He's more, you know, he's more squat. He squat more on his on his uh, stance. So he he, has a, he, had, he was looking at uh, Leon, looking up at Leon. So because he's looking up, he didn't see the kick coming too, too well, you know. So that was a great setup by Leon yeah. Edwards uh, to, to try to get him with a kick. So you need to take these things in consideration and do a lot of assessment and and you look you watch a lot of videotape and see what what you can do to try to um, to beat your opponent. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, that's why one, you're one of the greatest of all time, George. Just there straight away, just saying. Oh, I'd watch the tape. I'd do this. I'd do that. I'd probably just say, Oh, I'd just smash his head in. <laughs>
1: But well, I I, oh, yeah. I I never been the I, I never I never you know when I was fighting in in my in my era I never been the strongest the biggest the fastest I, I was very strong very fast but I don't believe that's why I was champion I never been I was athletic but I was not the most athletic I was not I was gifted but I don't think I was the most gifted there there were guys that were more gifted than me I believe wh- why I was successful is my ability to analyze my opponent and. To transform myself into the perfect is perfect nemesis and to to beat him. That's why I believe I was successful, you know. But uh, everybody has different strength. You need to to uh, to use use them.
0: Yeah, as you say there, when you was in the UFC, it's it's like it's a little bit different now. How would you say like the UFC has changed since you you've obviously retired and you've left the organization? Like the sports. Evolved, well, it's a, a, we a,
1: a lot of things that that's changed. Yeah, a, a lot of things has changed, uh, uh, Paddy. I, I when I when I was fighting, uh, it was the the brother. It was more like a family company. You know, it, it was tough. It was you know during negotiation, it was tough. But when you were a big name, um, you know, in, into business, uh, the business part of it, you were allowed to to get a piece of the pie, you know, to get the pay-per-view. So my agent were negotiating the pay-per-view because I was, I wanted to become a partner, you know, to, in, with, into yeah. the, the, the event, you know, right. so if they make money, I need to make money as well. So we're partner, you know, so they were willing to do this back in the day because it was more like a, with the first step brother, it was more like a family business. I mean, it was tough to negotiate with them, but that was not my job. I had very competent people that, that, that did it for me and, and, and I, I, I saw it more like like I said like a family sort of company you know everybody that was there I knew everybody now when I thought best things has changed you know I still could negotiate for me a piece of the pie and the pay-per-view buys but I felt like the whole company changed you know it, it became so big you know a lot of new faces I, I, I couldn't recognize everybody and um Unfortunately now they have the, the the a lot of the different deals that makes it very hard for fighters to negotiate and to have a piece of the pie because they don't they don't have as much power as they used to have before. Um so that's one of the bad thing that that is going on now for the fighters side in uh, for the business side unfortunately for them.
0: Yeah. You're not wrong Mayor. obviously when it comes to sponsors and stuff back in Yoda you could have as many sponsors as you want on your shorts, going you to make X amounts of money nowadays. Obviously, you get given your kit and you have to wear a certain uniform. Obviously, it looks better for television, but it's taking money out of the fighters' pockets.
1: I I don't know if it looks better. I mean, some guys they really look like Christmas trees, sort of speak. You know, like they have all, all over the place. <laughs> But I think it was very interesting back then to see the different styles, you know, me I like to come in a in a more traditional way with the the karate gi. Some were like a cowboy yeah. hat and I don't know, like some were were, were 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 wearing a mask like Kenki Sudo. I think it it was more interesting for the the entertain, entertainment perspective because they had they were able to create a a character of themselves, you know, like to 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 Exteriorize their personality through their their style, and I thought that was very interesting. Unfortunately, we can't do that right now. Like my, I remember my last fight with Bisping. I had to wear a, a Reebok T-shirt with the, the the you know that's it. I used to come with my bandana and yeah. my gi, and that was my thing. You know, I, I I that was kind of my ritual before a fight. I was in front of the mirror. And getting ready just before I walk out to to put on my gi and and talking to myself in the mirror, you know, try to pump myself up, pump my confidence in the mirror just before I walk out. And in my last fight in Madison Square Garden, I, I I couldn't I could not do it. You know, it was it was just different.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong there. You walking out in your gi and your headband on is iconic, absolutely iconic. But uh, I know what you mean because they... Everyone always mentions the orange shorts to me. Everyone says, "Oh, can't you wear orange shorts?" But obviously, I'm not from the Netherlands. I don't have orange in there. It's either white, red, or black. I think for us, and I just pick red. I can't wear orange.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> so what? What I wanted to ask you now, obviously, is about your retirements. Because I can't. I can't even like think now about my retirement but I'm only 28 years of age I couldn't even like think oh I'm going to retire like when did you like know that you were coming towards the end and you felt like you wanted to retire because as you know I, you're like me you're a fighter at heart and at the minute now where I'm 28 I don't even I, I could still see me fighting into my 40s
1: yeah I I um when after I took a break after my my fight with Hendrix, I was very angry. Uh, if if you go back right before, like four years before I fought Bisping, more more than four years, I I was fighting Johnny Hendrix and I took a break and I I, I left the sport. I wasn't and and a little bit in a depression, you know, and and. Um, at the time, I was very shy and embarrassed to talk about it because I I was thinking that if I go public about it, people will will, will say, "Oh, is George Saint Pierre is wealthy? he's healthy? What is he has to complain about?" And but things were not doing very well for me, and on top of that, I was fighting against the UFC with performance enhancing drug. I was very pissed off the way they 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 treat me the, 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 with with uh, when I came public and and. I Had a, a bunch of problems, so I decided to, to take some time off, and, and I came back four years after fought Bisping. But when I came back four years after, I, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to address some criti- critics that I never addressed before in my career, and people were saying, "Oh, you never fight in a weight class weight class uh, heavier than than yours. You clean up your division, but you never fight in a weight class heavier. Uh, you're too." too calculated, you know, there's not enough drama, uh, you know, we want the, the, you know, the drama, uh, you know, and, and you don't take enough risk, you don't finish enough, your opponent, you know, so I wanted to address all that, so I, I went up, a last, I weight glass, I, I, fought best thing, I knew he was a good trash talker, so he would make a lot of drama, and, um, also I, uh, I, I, I trained, I, I changed the way I trained for that fight to make myself more aggressive, more for, uh, more opportunistic for to, for the kill. But initially, for the plan, I wanted to get back for a few fights. But during training camp, I developed a, a, a condition called ulcer colitis that got me very sick because I was trying to put on weight and I was forcing myself to eat five times a day. And I think with the stress, I developed that condition and it makes me very sick to the point that even the fight, like if, if if we talk about it, even the fight almost got canceled at one point because I was throwing up. I was I was I had very bad stomach pain, but I ended up doing the fight. And after the fight, I was like, man, this this lifestyle is going to an end. Like if I don't stop, I'm gonna it's gonna affect my health because it's very stressful, you know. And I believe it's the stress of the fight and everything that that forced me to to retire. Physically, you know, I, I'm still in good shape. When I train with the young guy, I still get it. You know, they, even the young guy that I train with, they're like, "Oh, are you getting ready for a comeback?" I'm like, "No, I'm just training for the fun." <laughs> but it's more mentally. It takes a lot out of me for a, a very long time, and I and I and and now I am like. I, I want to be healthy. I don't want to. I don't want the sport to retire me. I want to retire from the sport. And even though I, I have the impression that I leave money on the table, that I could probably fight again, I think, even business-wise, it's a good choice because I leave on top. So when I turn around, I have a lot of doors that are open for me. I have a lot of opportunity for business uh, opportunity. And and when I look at some guys that leaves. On on losing street, when they turn around after they retire, they don't have they don't have those opportunities open for them. So you want to leave when you're stuck is the highest. So it it opens door for you and for your after career, you know. And and I'm I'm talking about the business standpoint. What is more important is the health standpoint. And for me, my health is number one priority, and that's why I retire, you know.
0: Yeah. Obviously, health always comes first, but as you say, the the business opportunities as well. And I've seen you in a couple of Hollywood movies, George, on the big screen. Hopefully, I get to follow in your footsteps in the f- future. What's it like uh, being in films and movies? It must must be unbelievable.
1: Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I was very lucky. I was able to be a, a character in the Marvel Universe. Uh, George Batrock is a mercenary. Uh, I fought uh, in uh, Captain America and also in the uh the falcon and then in the winter soldier so on disney plus and um yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's a big big prod- production it, it it's it, it, it's the biggest thing for me and um i had the opportunity to do some other uh, gig that got, that are going to come out in 2023 uh, this year uh not with uh, marvel but some other other uh, movies uh, one was done in england by the way <laughs> So it, it, it's yeah. gonna be interesting. I'm playing a yeah. I'm playing. I have a role that <clears throat> I'm playing a, a hitman. So it's a it's a little bit like a Guy Ritchie style movie. So it's it's gonna come out in 2023. It's a lot of fun, and you don't get hurt, and it's not a, it's not stressful. You know, for us, we're fighters. We're used to be <laughs> very stressful because before a fight, because everything is on the line, our health, our ego. But this in movie we're not stressed you know we go in there it's just fun if we fuck up we fuck up we do cut we do it again you know so it's there's no stress it's a lot of fun but uh yeah man uh it's a it's a good way to to end a, a career
0: 100 percent. but you're too nice to be a hitman george i couldn't imagine you as a hitman you're such a nice person you wouldn't you wouldn't do that but <laughs> just before we finish um I'll move on to the paddy segment. So put on the YouTube YouTube channel. Yeah, they always,
1: they always want me to play the villain. I don't know why. It's probably because I'm, (laughs) I'm, I speak French.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The little twang on the accent helps you sound more like a villain. They love that one on James Bond. They always give the uh, the villain an accent. But yeah, I have uh, the Ask Paddy segments, and a few people have given me some questions for you. So I'll just ask a few of these before you need to go because I know you're a busy man, George. But um, it's a great question, especially after some of the stuff we've talked about. Can you talk about how you dealt with pre-competitive anxiety as a legend of the sport, yet so human? I think it'd be great to hear about how you prepared yourself mentally and came down after your fights. From CJ i think that's a billion question yes the, the
1: the the way i deal with it is that i'm trying to focus on things that i can control the the mistake that most people do they focus on things that they do not control for example the outcome what people going to think about them how hard their opponent is training you know uh, am i going to be sick that day am i going to be in good this are the things that you do not control so I try to only focus to avoid these things. But I try to only focus on how hard I can work, you know, how smart I can train, you know, to to make sure I do everything I can in my power to be the most the most well prepared I can be. And from there, if I'm the best I can be, I can I have the right to go into the fight with confidence. That doesn't mean I'm not afraid. Being confident doesn't mean you're not afraid because there is no courage without fear it's normal to be afraid but being confident is to go into the the competition knowing that you're at your best and when you're at your best i'm confident enough to say to myself like man bring it on because you know if you beat me it's because you beat you better than me but if, if 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 you beat if you if I if I if I lose, it's not gonna be because of my fault. So I can have I can go in there yeah. with a clear mind, you know, knowing I can take care of business.
0: Yeah, perfect. Next one, Dalton Peterson asks: What is the one mistake in either your personal or professional life that you learned the most from? Is there any advice that you'd give Paddy for facing adversity? You just give me some brilliant advice about ten minutes ago. You'll see that soon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, one I can give you is early on in my career, I got I got rubbed many times by different manager, by different people in my entourage, by, you know, uh, what I can say, you know, when you fight, you fight, you're alone in the cage, you know, but you're not alone in a way that you have a team behind you and behind, without this team, this solid team that you have, you won't be as successful as you are, you know, and it's very important that when you build your team, and your team through your career could change sometime, but it's important to keep a good solid nucleus you know, of, of, of people that you trust. And it's important that when you build your team, you build your team of people that you can trust, yes, but people that are competent as well, that can do the job, that gives you something. If you have people that you cannot trust, but that, are competent, they might end up rubbing you at the end. And if you have people that are cop that, that, that you can trust that turns out to be incompetent, it's bad either because at one point you they're gonna take energy from you, they're gonna you know they're not gonna serve you and you're gonna have to fire a friend or, or someone of your family, or you know. So it's important that when you build your team, you have people that you trust and that are competent that form your nucleus. And that's those are the people that you can go to war with, and it's very important. I'm talking to war. It's not only in, to training. I'm talking about business, people that are going to fight for you for the best of your interests in, in business. This is another form of fighting that is very important you know, that we don't talk about.
0: Yeah, that's another part of fighting that people don't talk about. As you say, George, the business side of things, because us fighters, we can't fight forever, so you need them things outside the fighting to be able to make money as well once you retire, as we've been talking about. But um, here's a good question from Priddle: What's one thing George wishes everyone know, knew about him, but doesn't know about him?
1: One thing that people don't know about me—it's
0: yeah. hard to say. <laughs>
1: Maybe my 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 passion for paleontology. I if I would not have been a fighter, I would probably have been a, a paleontologist. I would probably in the be in the Badland. Like like uh, scraping the, the 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 ground and uh, <laughs> actually no I wouldn't because when I had some time off after my my fight with uh, Hendrix I, I I had four years off and I, w- I took some time off to go in the in, in the Badland and to to meet uh, uh, to go on some site to meet all around the world to meet some geologists paleontologists and I and I found out that I don't have the patience the patience to do that job. <laughs> I, I, I like to acquire the knowledge to get the knowledge, but I don't like to, to get there, to work on the field, to, yeah. to be for hours like this. And, oh, my God, there's a storm coming. Okay, let's cover everything, and we come back next tomorrow. I'm like, no, I can't do it.
0: Well, that's just brought us perfectly on to the last question, which is my question. Um If you was a dinosaur, what dinosaur would you be, George?
1: Well, I would probably be a dromiosaurus. A drom a, a
0: I don't even a know what that is.
1: <laughs> a dromiosaur. It's uh, uh, let me help you. It's a little bit like a, you, you saw Jurassic Park, like the raptor. Yeah. The raptor. Yeah. There's different kinds of dromiosaurus. You know, there are dinosaurs that are made a little bit like uh, like like the raptors. You know, with a retractable claw that they yeah. use. As a, in a stabbing motion, some of them could glide and land onto on their prey. They, they're very uh, interesting animals. They were probably the pound for pound, maybe the most well-equipped predator, predatory animal of all of all time, and in, and in, in land animal.
0: Yeah, that's some animal. Uh, but um, just before we finish, George, as always, I'd like you to. Tell everyone where to find you. And in fact, I never asked you about your charity as well. Let everyone know about your charity also, George. You do amazing things. So uh, just let everyone know about your charity, where to find you. Tell them about the uh, Rush to Fitness, all your, all your businesses. Let all the people know who will be listening.
1: Yeah, well, I, they, they, can, uh, they can find me uh, with the, the True Connect uh, app, uh, tv.fit. Uh, we're working on um, the Rush Fit 2.0 with Eric Owing. It's coming up soon. And also, uh, they can find uh, my equipment, base base block, uh, all the the base block pro line uh, with me. And before we finish, I want to say, uh, Paddy, I'm a big fan of you. I really enjoy to watch you watch you fight. I wish you the best of luck for your upcoming fight. And I know you're gonna go far. Keep your head straight, your head in the game, and do the hard work, the hard lifting, and it's gonna pay off, man. I have high hope for you, my friend.
0: George, thank you very much for a legend like yourself to say that the like watching me fight. It's absolutely amazing. I've got goosebumps here. Thank you very much. And I'm going to try and live up to the expectations. As you say, I've just got to keep getting in the gym and working hard and that's what I want to do. I've got a lot of people to prove wrong after that last performance and I'm going to do it. And simple as that. So once again, George, thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have one of the greatest of all time on my podcast. So thank you very much and just know the score, people. Like, comment, subscribe. I'll see you next week.